is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. is gonna be great <laughs> okay we are back again back and better than ever so i want to start out with this i want to tell you about a dream that i had about a week ago and it's going to lead to the devotional trust me and i know people don't like to hear about dreams uh it's just one of those hey I had a weird dream last night and you're like oh i don't want to hear about a stupid dream it's not even real i don't care but since this one leads to the devotional, indulge me. Now, I have this superpower that a lot of people don't have, and that is the ability to remember in detail most of my dreams for a few days to a week, sometimes even a month. Like, I, they really stick out. I can remember them, everything in them. And like about three weeks ago, I had a dream where I was running away from somebody that was shooting at me. They tripped and fell and I uh, got their leg caught in something and their, their gun fell away. So he's unarmed. And unfortunately, I killed that man with a big giant uh, wrench and, uh, you know, like bashed his head in. And I woke up, kind of shook up. I'm like, why would I do that? I was like, I, there was no reason for me to do that. Like, I, even though it wasn't real, it's like, is that in me? Could I do that? I mean, I, I didn't like it. I don't like it. And I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, that's the, that's out of character, out of character. What are we doing dream? So anyways, moving on to the dream at hand. So I'm sleeping snug in my bed when suddenly I'm on stage leading a worship night right here at my own church. Now, almost probably 80% of my dreams are me on stage playing with a band of some sort. Um, it's filled with all kinds of songs and set lists. Uh, but normally what happens is I don't know the music that's, that's about to be played and I'm panicking because I'm like, I don't know these songs and I'm in front of thousands of people. Uh, so that's just the usual thing, the fear of not knowing what I'm doing. And it's, it's always terrible, right? But this time, this time so much different. You see, I know the songs. I have performed the songs, you know, like I'm at the worship night where everything's going good, real good. People are into it. Great. Well, as I'm finishing up this, the end of one song, I look down at the set list and I see the next song coming up is Van Halen's Ain't Talking About Love. Now, here's the thing. I know the song. I performed the song probably hundreds of times because I've done it in numerous cover bands in my past. So I see the, that song uh, coming up next on the list, and I start thinking, what? Why would that be on the set list for a worship night? I can't sing that song here. At church? At a worship night? Uh, can you say inappropriate? Because I can. I mean, what do I do? Now, for the most part, when you're in your dreams, you kinda, you're, you're there for the ride. It's happening you can't really change things, right? So like if you're you're running away from somebody, um, 
you know, you, you ever had those ones that you're being chased and all of a sudden you're like the slowest runner on earth and you're like stuck in like quicksand, you can't move or like you're fighting someone and you punch them and it's like the weakest punch ever and you're like, what is going on, right? So bad things are happening, you're out of control, right? Um, and so, so, so there's nothing you can do about it because it's a dream. Well, for some reason... There was nothing I could do to stop playing uh, the next song. I couldn't stop the events that were about to fold at this worship night. So right after the, the song ended of the previous worship song, and I said amen, I hear the intro to Ain't Talking About Love. So I'm thinking, oh, snap. It's happening. We're about to play a wildly inappropriate song at church during a worship night. I mean, yikes. And guess what? We played that song. I sang it. It was weird. It was real weird. And then I woke up. Before the song ended, I woke up. And I was just like laying in bed thinking, man, why would we be doing like that's that's weird, right? So I took a shower and I was thinking about that dream. I kept it kept going over my mind and I started thinking about the song. And then I started going through the lyrics. And so we're gonna go. I, I have something to say about the song and the lyrics and how I you know, let's just go with me here. So let's just go. Ahead. Here we go. Listen to this. I heard the news, baby, all about your disease. Yeah, you may have all you want, baby, but I got something you need. Oh, yeah. So the song, for the most part, is believed to be about casual sex. Van Halen. Well, we know David Lee Roth was known for being um, promiscuous. We could say that. Uh, a lot of the songs are about that specific topic. But when, we, when I go through the, word, the, the lyrics, I found a different meaning Possibly, right? So I heard the news, baby, all about your disease. What is that disease? The disease is sin. We, we could say that is, I mean, we all have that disease. Sin is in us. We're born into sin. Yeah, you, you might have all you want, baby. You might have all you want. Worldly possessions, social power, uh, what the world deems is beautiful, that kind of thing. But I got something you need. Oh, yeah. So what does she need? She needs... Jesus, the gospel. And he says, oh yeah, at the end, because he's excited about sharing this. I got something you need, the gospel. Yeah, right? So that is the first verse right there. And I'm like, okay, I can make a case that we could we can make this about the gospel, right? Then the chorus ain't talking about love. So here, I'm going to play it right Ain't talking about love. My love is rotten to the core. So he says, I got something you need. And she immediately probably thinks, yeah, I know what you want to give me. And it's in your pants. And we'll call that love uh, to, to keep it clean for the Devo podcast, you know, for the sake of what we're doing here. Right. But he's like, no, 
My love is rotten to the core, sinful. There's nothing he can do. He's a sinful person who cannot save her. He is by no comparison uh, anywhere close to Jesus. But she doesn't believe him. And he can only be, he, she's thinking he can only be interested in making her some sort of sexual conquest. So he says that again. I ain't talking about love. Just like I told you before. All right? So we got through the course. Verse 2. You know you good looking in all the streets Okay, you know you're semi-good looking on the streets again. Yeah, you think you're really cooking, baby. You need to find yourself a friend, my friend. So he's saying to her, you're pretty good looking and on the streets again. Now, does that mean she uh, may possibly be a prostitute? I don't know. Uh, maybe she's a woman in the night. Uh, maybe she's what my grandma would say, a woman of ill repute. Possibly. We don't know. Um, she's at a, min at a minimum, she seems like she's indulging in some sort of sinful lifestyle when he says yeah you think you're really cooking baby he says you know she thinks she's really got things under control she, everything's going the way she's wants. she's making money uh maybe from that sinful lifestyle or just kind of doing what she's doing she's she's yellowing um she is living her best life and she thinks it's great and then he says you need to find yourself a friend and who is that friend that friend is jesus people right but then he says at the end of that, you need to find yourself a friend, my friend. So he's calling her his friend too. So obviously he cares about her and he's trying to lead her in the right direction. Then we go back to the chorus. Uh, she still doesn't believe me. He keeps saying, I ain't talking about love. My love is rotten to the core. She still doesn't believe him. We hear it over and over again. He keeps telling her. Then we get to the bridge. And here it is. I stood and looked down You know I lost a lot of friends there, baby I got no time to mess around So if you want it, got to bleed, boy, baby Okay, so he's been to the edge That being what I think is the point of no return Living a life of unrepentant sin And unrepentant sin is living a life that you know is wrong you know is sinful, you know is against God's commandments, and guess what? You just don't care. You have no remorse and no repentance. And that means no asking for forgiveness. You're just going to do what you're going to do. And he said he lost a lot of friends there. So he's seen too many people take that wide road rather than the narrow road and choose the world over Jesus. He's seen that unrepentant lifestyle lead people into the lake of fire. Lost forever. And he desperately doesn't want her that to be the case for her, his friend here. That's why he says, I got no time to mess around. Because he's like, this has to happen now. I need to save you now by sharing the gospel with you. Then that's the last part of the, the, um, the bridge. It, it does this. So he keeps saying, so if you want it, you got to bleed for it, baby. He says this, says this a number of times, and you might think, Pastor Adam, as much fun as this has been and entertaining, making this secular song into something that is clearly not, how in the world are you going to make this line, you got to bleed for it, baby, relate 
to God. How can you even put that in there? Well, does it not say in Luke 9, 23 to take up our cross daily? Oh, it does. So we'll read that. 23, he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross daily and follow me. But what does that have to do with bleeding for it? Well, isn't the cross an instrument of death? Wasn't the crucifixion a brutal, bloody, torturous scene? Did Jesus bleed for us, for our salvation? Yes. Now, no one would ever imply that she has to die for our sins. She is incapable of that. She is not the Son of God. She's nowhere near that. That's ridiculous. But picking up our cross daily and dying to ourselves could be considered bleeding for it. That's the case I'm making for it, to me. That's, that's what I'm saying. So let's not gloss over that biblical nugget that I just shared. Whoever wants to follow me must deny themselves and pick up your cross daily. What does that mean? Deny yourself of the worldly lusts, the sinful behaviors. Pick up your cross daily. That is, resist sin, try to live a righteous lifestyle that Jesus wants us to, even though we all know it's very hard. And if it weren't hard, he wouldn't compare it to the cross. The cross was hard. We all know that. It was not easy to do. Jesus asked God to take this cup from him. But if it was his will, he would do it. So denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily is an exercise in faith and perseverance and trust. We are going to fail. We're going to fail a lot. But we must pick that cross up every day. So back to the song. After that bridge, we go back to the chorus. And that chorus is sung multiple times, which could mean he is always trying to tell her the good news. He continues, uh, and she continues to live her life, and he's just persistently trying to get her saved. He's always persistent in telling her the good news. So, in wrapping up, Van Halen's Ain't Talking About Love is a Christian song. And it will be performed at the next worship night. No, it's not. I'm not actually going to perform it at a worship night. But at least I can make the case for my dream worship night scenario. Hopefully, if, if, hopefully if I did not wake up and I continued that worship night, uh, I could have ended that song and, and I'm sure everybody would have been looking around like clapping, like, like what just happened here? Confused. And I would have been like, look, everybody, that song was about Luke 9, 23, 26. Let's go through it. Then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. And after that, everybody would have clapped. I'm like, yeah, it is a Christian song. You're right, Pastor Adam. Uh, but like I said, I woke up mid, ain't talking about love. Hopefully, hopefully the next song on the set list wasn't like hot for the teacher because I can't, I can't, I can't say that that's a Christian song. I can't even make the case. But since we're talking, we're on the topic of songs, uh, I also did a bit of a controversial song this past Sunday. Uh, I did Do It Again by Elevation Worship. 
And what makes it controversial is the line, you've never failed me yet. Yet. That three-letter word. That's where the controversy happens. Yet. Now, for the most part, all controversial, lyrically songs, Christian songs, can be kind of explained in advance um, or following the song, which is what I did kind of in this past Sunday in my prayer. But we are dealing with church, so sometimes things get a little blown out of proportion. In the song, Do It Again, the meaning of the song really is about God's faithfulness and how in the past he's never failed us. Now, the song is pretty vague uh, about the hardships that we're going on, letting us, the listener, kind of insert our own situations for that meaning, right? Um, and I looked up what the song looked up the song to see what others had to say. And on the first page, I like Google it, whatever. The first one, um, it says, uh, and this is like to see what people said about the problem with with the word yet. Uh, and here's what the first one said: it said the modifier or word yet in reference to Jesus's lack of failure, I thought was problematic. My belief is that it has an unintended implication that God's failure is possible, though unlikely. In other words, the word yet leaves room for doubt. How can we doubt God? How can we sing a song at church which implies doubt that God could fail? That's the question. That's the controversy. This is why a lot of churches don't do that song. This is why people have a problem with it. And I understand the problem some have with it. Sure. I know God will never fail. I know this in my heart. But I also know how I sometimes feel. I know how hard things can be. I know from an artistic point of view in writing songs, someone who has written songs before, written worship songs, um, an artist wants to convey emotion. And don't tell me you haven't had any doubt sometime in your life, because you have. That doesn't mean you're a bad Christian if you've had some doubts. Sometimes fear, stress, worry, frustrations, they lead to some sort of doubt. And that gray area is the word yet. How do I get out of this mess that I'm in? Only by God's grace and provision. And even though I may not feel him at this time, even though I feel he doesn't hear me, uh, even though I haven't seen him do anything to help me in this situation, you think, but he has never failed me yet. One website wrote this, and I loved what they said here. It said, although not an external battle, it is an internal struggle to redefine the word yet. The thing about this three-letter word is that it is the reality of our faith because we cannot see what the future holds. We have to trust who God has been to inform us who he will continue to be. Our humanity does not have any concept of eternity because all we can fathom is what we can tangibly experience. So when the writers of the song include the word yet after saying that God has never failed, it is a reflection of our human hearts and minds. We cannot understand the perfection of our Heavenly Father because we exist in an imperfect world. The world will not experience perfection again until God recreates the world when Jesus returns. But until then, faith, 
And I thought that was spot on. In my opinion, that is. I'm sure there are people out here who will never agree with me. And that's fine. But if someone did have an issue with a song or lyric, talk about it. That'll probably solve the problem. Uh, For instance, uh, here's an example of what happened recently. We did the song The Great I Am a few weeks ago. And I had an issue with the lyric. I brought it up to the team at rehearsal. And, and here's, what it, here's what I was thinking. Here's the lyric. Um, I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world, hating the dark. The problem is we are told not to love the world. I went through four scriptures last week outlining that. So how am I going to sing those lyrics? Because like Jesus said, anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That was in different scriptures, right? Then Miss Kathy said, well, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And immediately I'm like, true, uh, that is exactly correct. So it was the context of the world, the word world that I had wrong. And it turned me right around. And I sang the song and I have no problem with it because it's just a way of thinking about it. Uh, another song that <laughs> throws me off just because, I don't know, it's just the way that I hear it, um, is the Father's House. We've done this here. Trey sings it. Um, He says in that song, failure won't define me, that's what my father does. And I'm like, geez, your father sounds terrible. I don't need failure because to define me, because my father does. But that is not actually what it's being said. Failure won't define me. My father defines me, who is all good, who loves me. Whole different message, right? But when you first hear it, Phil, you won't define me. So that's what my father does. It sounds like, mm, it's kind of, mm, I don't know about that. But, you know, it's just the way you think about it. Again, no problem singing it. I just think of that every once in a while. And let's not even get into the whole reckless love debate. I've come to accept and agree to disagree with people on that song. Reckless love? God is not reckless. No, he's not reckless. But what the song is saying is from an outsider's perspective, it looks reckless. It can't be. God's not reckless. I get it. It's just, it's just a, a, a vicious circle of argument you can have in that. So, And then previous uh, leadership here said uh, that if I was going to do that song to change reckless to matchless, and I was like, I'm just not going to do that song. Because I was like, what if I explain it? And they're like, ugh. It's like, because their, their, their argument was, what if somebody came here for the first time and their loved one is dying from cancer and we're going to go say, well, God's love's reckless. And then they're like, where are we at? And I said, what, I will explain it. And it's just like, let's just not even go there. So agree to disagree. I don't do the song here. I like the song. I like it a lot. I have a really cool version I do of it, but we're not doing it here. And that's fine. It's fine. So that's pretty much what I have today. The devotional on songs. Ain't talking about love. We turned into a Christian song today. That's fun. We accomplished something. And talked a little bit about, you know, do it again. Father's house. The great I am. Dipped our toe into the water of reckless love. But it was cold, so we got right out. Yeah, good stuff for today. Um... As always, if you found this interesting, at the least, helpful, hopefully, um, something that you think somebody should hear, pass this on to them. 
forward it to them, text them, email them, go to your local restaurant and be like, you know what? Do you listen to podcasts? They'd be like, yeah, we'll check this one out. I'm on every streaming site there is, so you can find me easily. Well, I hope you guys have a good week and I will see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,